Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Beat them in the playoffs, and that goes back to the 70s. Catch the show weeknights at midnight on the SportsGrid Network. Good morning. Wake up! The early line. Line up, ladies! Rise and shine, sports investors. It is Thursday, February 20th. Get on the damn grid. It's the early line right here on Sports Grid. I'm Dane Martinez. He is Jared Smith. We got a good second hour for you. We are going to turn our attention to the NBA as they get back in action, not only looking at tonight's games, but also the second half on the whole. Where is their value in the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference? Who are some of the teams that Jared thinks are getting hot at the right time? We'll also continue our division-by-division preview. Yesterday, we talked NL Central. Today, we'll talk NL East, and I'm telling you, I think a case can be made for four teams Agreed. in that division. But Jared, you weren't with us at the true top of the show, and one of the things Dan Stratford mentioned, I got to get your thoughts on. I don't know if you saw this, but Bronx oh. offensive lineman oh. Greg Robinson, he got popped with almost 157 pounds of <laughs> marijuana, and you know. Dan, who we're going to hear from in about a minute, said that he got popped for possession with intent to sell. My question for you is very simple, Jared. Have you ever seen someone who's holding 157 pounds of marijuana and didn't have the intention to sell? No, no, that's that's a bad, that's a lot. And also, Quan Bray was with him. So there was another football player in the car with him. And apparently there was a third unnamed person in the car who Robinson and Bray tried to turn into the patsy of the whole situation. Is it it, it's just it, it's a bad it's a bad situation for Robinson, who was probably going to get cut by the Browns. Uh, and he was told he was going to get cut by the Browns once the league uh, year renewed. So he was going to be a free agent. Bray didn't stick with anybody. So these are two former teammates at Auburn. Uh, who clearly got mixed up with the wrong people, and who knows where they were going, what they were doing. I have an idea, but I don't want to speculate. And it's unfortunate because we see this happen a lot with players who don't make it that far in the league and who have their careers cut short in their mid to late 20s, early 30s, and they don't follow through with that dream, and then the dream turns into a nightmare. The dream deferred. Uh, Jared, also, Stefanski. You're supposed to be an adult in the room. This is a culture you're inheriting over there that you're supposed to be cleaning up. So we'll see about that. We'll turn our attention to the NBA. But first, Dan Stratford gets us everything we need to know in the world of sports from overnight. It's the only line here on Sports. Sports Grid News Update. Well, Dane, in the NFL, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter, the new CBA proposal that could be voted on later this week is expected to include expansion for the playoffs, adding a 17 per conference. Right now, six teams per conference make the postseason, as you well know, with the one and two seeds in each conference earning first-round buys. Under this reported proposal, which would go into effect this year, potentially seven teams per conference would qualify for the playoffs, but only the number one seeds 
in each league will get the bye. As you were just discussing, TMZ was first to report Browns left tackle Greg Robinson, who is set to be released, was arrested by the Border Patrol for federal charge of possession of marijuana with intent to distribute. The criminal complaint cited Robinson having near 157 pounds of marijuana in his possession. For context, for context, this sports update anchor weighs 160 pounds. In baseball, Cubs manager David Ross said Wednesday that he is committed to Chris Bryant as the team's leadoff man for 2020. Bryant told reporters on Wednesday morning in Arizona that he was open to the idea and had discussed it privately with Ross. Now it sounds like the plan is officially in place. Byron Buxton participated in live batting practice on Wednesday in Twins camp. Buxton needed surgery last September to repair a torn labrum in his left shoulder. Great news from Daytona. Ryan Newman was released from Halifax Hospital, was able to walk out on his own. Newman, of course, was sent to the hospital after a horrific crash ended his bid at a win for the Daytona 500. The NBA is back. The Bucks are at the Pistons. Heat visit the Hawks. Hornets are visiting the injured Chicago Bulls, but yet Chicago still minus five at 210 over under in that one. Nets at 76ers. Grizzlies travel to Sacramento to take on the Kings, and the Rockets start the second half by taking on the Golden State Warriors. In the college ranks, Duke lost on the road to NC State, 88-66. to I'm Dan Strapper, and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. Dan. Um, Dan Strafford doing a great job keeping us plugged was, into everything happening. That was a great I, yeah. line. Fact, and I now know was, that he's 160 pounds. That is absolutely I was dying. That was amazing. Great, if you need a frame <laughs> of reference, Dan Stratford is here to provide that for you. I won't give you. my weight. Yeah, really. Also, uh, good news that Ryan Newman yes. uh, walked out of the hospital. I saw that crash live. It was absolutely oh. horrific. Um, so good news that he, uh, you know, hopefully is on the road to recovery, that he is out of the hospital. We turn our attention, Jared, to the NBA, okay? And, you know, we're back from break. Bam, out of bio wins. Miami Heat guys win the skill, your skills and the, and the slam dunk contest. We saw about that exciting fourth quarter in the All-Star game. But now, and, and here's the thing, Jared. This is not the midway point of the NBA season, okay? This is a final sprint to the playoffs. And one game that's on the board tonight that I want to ask you about, because, you know, we haven't talked much about the NBA, you and I, so far this season. And one team that there is no shortage of opinions on is the Philadelphia 76ers. Oh, yeah. Okay, Jared? And they are at home tonight, I believe, to take on the Brooklyn Nets. And here's the thing that's interesting to me, Jared. I don't think anybody out there doubts that the Sixers have talent, are capable, right? Can beat anybody. You got Embiid, you got Simmons, you got Harris. Do they have enough shooting? I don't know. But my issue with them, Jared, is chemistry, maturity, right? Like, can we trust this team over the course of, you know, the gauntlet that is the NBA playoffs to not blow up? Will Joel Embiid be healthy and be able to play in 60% of the games over the playoffs? Will they be able to figure themselves out? But then on the flip side, Jared, they have the best home record in the NBA at only 25 and two. The Clippers go in there, get bounced. The Bucks. Go in there, get bounced tonight. The uh, the Brooklyn Nets go in there. I think the spread is like seven or eight. Talk to me about a your view on the 76ers. Is, will talent win out, or do they need teamwork as well? And what about tonight as Brooklyn heads into town? Yeah, no, the Lakers went in there too. Uh, that was yeah. the last game before Kobe's passing, and That's and, right. and they lost as well. So the Sixers have some very high profile wins at home. I think they are. 
I don't want to say they're the best home team in the NBA. Record-wise, they are, but I do think the Bucks and the Lakers sure. uh, are, are, are right there as well. I think they're kind of right in that conversation. Yeah, Miami's had a really good season at home as well. You know, it, it's it's funny because when I when I think about the Sixers and I talk about them big picture, I, I, I fall in love with them every time because when you go through them position by position – you're like, man, this team doesn't have a lot of holes. They're maybe not the they're they're not the deepest team out there. I think I think their second unit leaves something to be desired a little bit. But man, oh man, when you can throw out Embiid, Simmons, Harris, now Richardson's back and healthy, and I think he's a key for them. Josh Richardson came back. Uh, he had two mediocre games from the hamstring injury, and then he had 17 points in the fourth quarter in that game against the Clippers. Now he's had a whole week off to rest the hamstring. I think Richardson staying healthy is so important for their offensive consistency down the stretch. I doubt Brett Brown. I think he's the weak link of this team, and that's what, when you ask a lot of Sixers fans, Brett oh. Brown's the guy that they don't really have the, the, the faith in. I think Simmons and Embiid certainly, and you said it, you know, it's, 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 it's not an original story. Talent. Does talent win over over dedication? Right. You know, they sometimes their 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 effort and their consistency has been what's lacking. I'll say this about tonight's game. I think the Nets are a better team without Kyrie Irving, and I don't think we're gonna see yeah. Kyrie for the rest of the season. They're eight <laughs> yeah. and twelve with him, seventeen and sixteen without him. This is a Nets team that could conceivably get up to the five seed in the playoffs if they continue to play well down the stretch. I like Brooklyn tonight. They're getting eight and a half. I'll take the eight and a half gladly, especially coming off of a long layoff. I could see all the teams in the NBA getting off to sluggish starts. So if you're going to tell me that I'm going to get eight and a half points with a team that can score with Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert who are averaging over 20 mm-hmm. points over their last handful of games, I'll take the eight and a half. And if the Sixers blow out the Nets, then you're going to get an idea of maybe what you're in store for in the second half of the season. I use the word second half very lightly because right. uh, there's really only about 30 games left. But it, it, it is a fascinating handicap with Philly. I, I think they're a dangerous team. I think they're one of the teams in the East that can give Milwaukee a run. We've seen them beat them already. So we'll see if they can continue to shoot the three, and we'll see if they can continue to just be consistent on a night-to-night basis. These are professionals we're talking about, Dame, and you can't have that drop-off in effort like we've seen from Philly night in and night out, especially on the road. When they go on the road, they're like a different yeah. team. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, the idea that I think Philly still, still needs some shooting, you know, J.J. Redick filled a void yeah. for that team last year, and I think that uh, that may come back to bite them. When you talk about Brooklyn, you know, I, you're right. I, the, the Kyrie saga continues. Mm-hmm. I've said on this network many times, I think Spencer Dinwiddie should have, A, been an all-star, and B, Three. should be the man with the ball in his hands even when Kyrie also Irving agree. is there. I think Kyrie, to be quite honest, I think he should play the two guard. I really do. Because, listen, in the Atkinson kind of pick and roll, that's what Spencer Dinwiddie does well. Kyrie, the ball is in his hands a little bit too much for me. I am team Dinwiddie 100%, Jared. But just to recap, right now, our friends at FanDuel have the Sixers at eight and a half point favorites. The total is 217 for tonight's game. Jared, on the other side of the break, I want to ask you not only about a couple of other games that we see tonight, but we'll zoom out a little bit. We'll look at the Eastern Conference odds, we'll look at the Western Conference odds, and we will see what are your big-time narratives. Who do you think is getting hot? Where's the value in the NBA futures market? We talk about that on the other side of the break. Line here on the
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. It is the early line here on SportsGrid. I'm Dane Martinez. That man in Studio 34 is Jared Smith. We're holding it down, trying to help you wake up early and get everything you need to know. And, Jared, it's so important, right, to see what the early lines are, to see to see kind of the movement overnight because that's not the public moving the number overnight. You know what I mean? And then you have that kind of – benchmark and then can see how things move throughout the course of the day. We were talking about some of the NBA games that happened in the first night back in action. I brought up the Sixers nets because I think Philly is a fascinating story for the rest of the season out West. Jared, I got to tell you, for me, the fascinating story is the Houston Rockets, okay? They have shoved all in with their version of basketball. And quite frankly, I haven't gotten your take on it yet, Jared. I'm not mad at it, to be quite honest, okay? Um, This is where the game is going. We talk about the evolution in the NFL, right? We talk about the evolution in baseball, three true outcomes, the home run, the strikeout. Well, in the NBA, I blame the Splash Brothers, but they have changed the math and the geometry of basketball. And now more and more teams are realizing that a kind of post-present center doesn't matter. P.J. Tucker, you're 6'5", sure. Play the five and board like hell. And it seems, you know, mixed results, I guess, so far. It's going to come down to if they can shoot the lights out on any given night. But I'm not mad. My man Frank Stanfill on this network said going into the Capella deal, they were something like 11 and 0 in games where Capella didn't play. And they were 5 and 1 when they, no one over 6 6 got more than 10 minutes. This is the brand of basketball they want to play. And I guess you can say, uh oh, what happens when they run into Nikolai Jokic? Uh oh, what happens when they run into Anthony Davis? And while that will be a mismatch on one side of the floor, they will create a mismatch on the other side of the floor. It's going to be very, very interesting. What's your take on the brand of basketball the Rockets are playing? Because they're making no bones about it. Even, you know, signing guys like Jeff Green and others, they're shoving all in on this small ball, Jared. I think it's totally fine. If that's if that's the decision that they want to go in as a franchise, Mark D'Antoni knows exactly what to do. I mean, you know, you had a guy right. in Amari Stoudemire. Seven seconds who was, or less. Exactly. I mean, you know, he, he wasn't exactly a, a a ferocious rebounder in his day. He was more of a spread him out type of swing man forward. Now, he, of course, could rebound. Uh, just like some of these other players, like Russell Westbrook, who's a guard, sure. who can also get plenty of rebounds. True. He's had plenty of triple doubles in his career. I'm fine with it. They played that game against the Lakers. I think it makes it easier for us. I know Anthony Davis is going to have a double-double in games that they play the Rockets. Oh, oh my God, Jared. I gave out Anthony Davis prop bets that night to anyone who would listen. And it was an easy cover. Yeah, but that doesn't preclude the Houston Rockets from winning the game, though. And they did win the game. They won the game by 10. And they they were only out-rebounded by one. So... If they can figure and, – and, you know, I kind of liken it to what Jim Beheim does in the 2-3 zone. The bugaboo right. for them has always been rebounding. Now, they have big yes. men on the team, and they usually have a, you know, a big, you know, a big center that kind of roams the middle of that 2-3 yep. zone. But my point is they have a style that makes it more difficult for them to be a traditional rebounding yes. team. 
and they've made it work. So if the Rockets can figure out the formula to make it work, now it's going to take everybody needs to buy in. Harden's got to D right. up. Westbrook, who right. does D up for the most part, has to get down there and, you know, snatch some rebounds from the tall trees. They need guys like P.J. Tucker. They need guys like Daniel House, like these role players to step up and in and to continue to give them gritty performances inside. They have the players. They have the depth to make a lot of matchup nightmares for teams in the Western Conference. Because you said it yourself. You mentioned a couple of those teams. The Clippers are the one that is kind of an anamorphic team. I don't know if they have sure. a legit big, right. you know, the Zubach guy is kind of, you know, in and out of the Harrell lineup. The bench, yeah, exactly. Maybe. Harrell off the bench, but he's not your traditional center. Sure. But the big, you know, the big teams out West, the Denver's, Rudy the Lakers, the, the Utah's, exactly. Potentially Nurkic, Portland can get in. So what do it, you do there? It'll be fascinating to see what happens in a seven-game series. They're going to face one of these teams in a seven-game series, either the Rockets yeah. or either the, yeah. the Jazz or the Lakers or the Nuggets. They're going to face one of these teams. We're going to get to see, and, and that's why I love the NBA and the NHL as well, their playoff format, and baseball as well, but baseball is a little different because of the pitching matchups. But the NBA and the NHL, the playoff matchups, especially in the NBA because we really take notice of these players, the NBA playoff matchups are fascinating. You can watch game one of a series, then you can watch game seven of a series, and those games could not be any more different in terms of the flow, the matchups, how teams kind of go through the flow of the game. So it, it will be very interesting to see a team like the Rockets, who's going to make the playoffs, face a team like the Lakers or the Jazz or the Nuggets with a traditional center, and see how the game flows from game one to game two to game five to, you know, if we get a game seven, and see how things kind of dictate which matchups will be the ones that decide the series. Who knows? This could be the thing we're talking about come May, June. Like, man, this Rockets team went small, and they're in the NBA Finals. I mean, that would be crazy, right? But, you know, there's going to be one team that does this and changes the dynamic, changes the calculus of the way the NBA is truly played, and if if you're the first team to do it, you're going to have a lot of success. Absolutely, Jared. You know, we make the analogy. I make the analogy all the time to the NFL, right? It's this passing league. You know, all the rules are there for offense. You can't touch a quarterback, can't touch a wide receiver, and everyone wants to throw for 5,000 yards, right? Everybody wants to shoot threes left and right. Big men are shooting threes. Then along come a couple of run-heavy teams in the NFL. The Baltimore Ravens, the Seattle Seahawks, to a certain extent, the Dallas Cowboys. And they're like, okay, when everybody goes right, we're going to go left and at least have an identity. That's what the Houston Rockets are doing, right? They're shoving all in on their style of play. We know their identity. We'll see if it works or not. But just like you, Jared, I'm not mad at them. What do you think about, let's apply that tonight. As they go into Golden State, uh, they are road favorites, Jared, by 10 points. 231 and a half is the uh, early line total here from our friends on FanDuel. You got any leans on this game, Jared? And what does the Rockets' style of play mean for totals? That, and that, that's where I was going to go with it. You know, Houston's been, Houston's been an under team all season, surprisingly yep. so. However... It's not that surprising if you consider that their numbers have been so inflated. I mean, just look at that board right there. What's the highest total on the board? The Rockets. 
So it's just that, you know, and they're 31 and 23 to the under this season in 54 games. And it's crazy to think that we have less than 30 games left in in most of these team seasons. Uh, But that's the the spot in the year where we're at with the all-star break over. But yet we're way past the halfway point, as you mentioned earlier. But to me, the totals are the more fascinating part here. I think the Rockets are still the same team that they were even with Capella. They're a spread them out team. They want to shoot the ball. Now they're just a lot smaller and a lot more thinner up front. So they're going to do a lot more perimeter stuff with Westbrook, with Harden, with guys like that. And also, they also signed Jeff Green, a little uh, right. a little Thunder reunion there with those three guys. Okay. Uh, sure. Going back, turning back the clock a little bit <laughs> with those right. three. Uh, but Houston, it's in, in, and I think the books will adjust eventually. We're already seeing a lot of these numbers come down. I, I don't see a lot of 240s with the Rockets games anymore. Now they're low 230s. The Warriors have had a ugh, just a dreadful season offensively. Under is my first lean with any Rockets game where they're not facing a big-time opponent because I, I actually do think defensively they're going to match up better with this new style. Like we said earlier with the Eastern Conference, switching screens on Giannis, yep. Houston is very versatile now. They're able to switch any position. They're going to get pounded in the middle at some point. Yeah. There's going to be a team that's going to knock off 50 or 60 rebounds in one night, and, and all of a sudden you're going to say, eh, is this the right system? But I think over the course of the next 30 games, which they play, I think it'll be more positive than negative with this style. We've seen it already. They ha- they held their own against the Lakers, who everyone thinks they're the best team in the West, and they had no issues uh, you know, in that style. So I-, I-, I think it's a positive thing right now, but the question is, just like anything else, just like we've seen other teams adjust in other leagues to different styles, when do the other coaches figure out the right buttons to push to make them pay for not having big men on the floor. Yeah, I think that's right. 231.5 is the total in that Rockets-Dubs game. And listen, to me, on any given night, absolutely, Jared, my question is what happens when we turn to May and you've got to do it four out of seven times. Will you be able to shoot the lights out? Because if you're not, you're screwed. (laughs) One last game that I want to talk about tonight before we kind of zoom out and look at some of the futures markets. And I'll tell you why right now, Jared, is because I, I love this team. I love what they're doing. And by the way, the line just moved by a full point on FanDuel. There is no hotter team in the Western Conference over the last 10 games than the Memphis Grizzlies, who are 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. They get people that want to play for them. And Jared, let me tell you something. I think this team is ahead of schedule. The young core on this team, Jared, between Jackson and Brooks and Clark and others. And then I'm going to tell you, I pray to John. I have been saying this ever since the draft came up. We talk about the way the NBA is evolving. I think Ja Moran is a better fit for the 2020 NBA than Zion Williamson is, if you want to know the truth. I love this team. I'm not saying they're going to make a run this year, but I think they're cooking with gas, and they got that chip on their shoulder now because of the Iguodala trade. They are road favorites going into Sacramento, pretty much an also ran, although Buddy Heald did get it done over the weekend. My play of the day, Jared, is going to be the Grizzlies on the road. You got any thoughts on this one? I love Memphis. I, I said go. it I said it a few weeks ago when they came to the garden and and Morant just just Yo, lit John up Morant the is that dude. I know. He really, really is, uh, Jared. He really is. I have nightmares about the Knicks missing out on him. And yeah, you know, Steph Steph Curry's the other guy yes. that I've nightmares yes. about them missing With the out seven on. Seven pick and the eight pick. Yeah, yep. instead they got Eddie Curry. <laughs> 
Sure did. <laughs> <laughs> sure did. So, <laughs> so I, you know, you know the wrong, they they got the wrong Curry. Uh, but it, you know, it's it's funny because John Morant's one of those guys, transformative player in the NBA. We don't know how good he is yet. He's played 50 games. We have no idea how good he can be. Right. But so far, the early returns have been pretty darn good. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you. We'll talk about it a little more. We'll also talk about the future. Yes, the future in the NBA on the other side of the break. It's the early line here on Get on the grid already, people. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The manimal down in the pit of misery does it again. So responsive what we're talking about, making us try to sound good, look good. It's no easy task, Jared, but we're back here on the early line on SportsGrid talking about the Memphis Grizzlies, talking about the NBA as we head into, you know, the nominal second half, but Jared puts it right. Team's got like 25, 30 games yeah. left to go. The stretch run. So let's look at this, okay? Jared, and I, I have a, uh, I have an opinion. I have an idea. And I want to bounce it off you. We're looking at the Eastern Conference here, okay? And in the Eastern Conference futures market, the Milwaukee Bucks are deserving favorites, okay? They're they're minus 155 to win the East. But then, quite frankly, Jared, I think the gap to everybody else creates daylight to make some money. All right? So you got the Sixers at seven to one. You got the Heat at an essence fifteen to two. You got the Celtics at an essence seventeen to two at plus eight fifty, and the Raptors are there as well. Now follow me. I mean, okay, Indiana's a good squad, okay, but they ain't getting it done. They're no. not winning the East, okay. And so I believe that it comes down to these five teams. And you know, however you feel about Philly. Okay, maybe you want to. Maybe you believe that they can get it done or not. I believe, Jared. Call me crazy if you want, but you can literally bet the Sixers and the Heat and the Celtics and the Raptors to win the East. That would be a four-unit outlay, Jared. And then if any of those four teams come in, you wind up winning the bet. I'm trying to fade the Milwaukee Bucks in the East, not because I don't respect them. Giannis is a beast. Middleton's an all-star. Matthews, the Lopez bros, okay. But my thesis is this, Jared. In a seven-game series, we saw it last year also, a team, I believe, will figure out a way to defend Giannis, put 25, 30 fouls on Giannis, run 18 different bodies on Giannis, try to take Giannis away, and it's going to be up to these other dudes to carry the weight. And I don't know if they can get through a Miami and a Boston, a Toronto and a Philly in their quest to do so. I think Giannis is the man, but I think he's still sort of a solo act. And over the course of a series, I think they can get figured out. They did last Last year, I think I'm going to try to fade Milwaukee this year, and I could put some shekels on three or four teams and still have have a win if any one of them come through. Am I crazy, Jared? You're not. From a, from a gambling standpoint, that's the only way to play the Eastern Conference this year. I think the Western Conference is a stay away. 
I'll bet the games in the playoffs, but I, I don't find any value because I do think it's going to be either Lakers or Clippers, and I don't know which one it's going to be. So the fact that they're both the same at 3-1 to one, uh, to win the title, you just kind of let that fly, and hopefully we get that matchup because that's obviously the matchup that everybody wants. Sure. The Eastern Conference is a totally different animal, and when you talk about a team that can beat the Bucks, you have to mirror what the Raptors did last year. And what did the yep. Raptors do last year? They took Kawhi, they took Serge Ibaka, they took Marcus yep. Saul, they took all of these players, and what did we say earlier about the Celtics? They switched every screen. They made his life miserable. You saw it in the All-Star game. You saw yep. LeBron, Kawhi, AD just collapse and switch everything Listen, on Giannis. If Wesley Matthews beats me, I tip my cap. Exactly. Yeah, if Chris Middleton you know, goes off for 40 points in three out of the sure. seven games... You're going to lose the series. But Fine. I'm not yeah, – exactly. I, if that happens, you tip your cap and you move on. You don't let the best player in the league beat you. And I think there's two teams. I think there's two teams that can do this on a night-in, night-out basis over the course of a seven-game series. And we've already mentioned them both, the Toronto Raptors and the yep. Boston Celtics. They have the defensive mindset. I think the Heat are in there, too. The problem I have with the Heat is they're a little smaller. The Heat are a little bit smaller at the guard positions with Nunn and Robinson. Butler yeah. and Adebayo in the middle obviously get things done, but I think if Budenholzer's able to isolate some of those guards with the switches, that's where Miami's going to run into problems. Well, remember, they have Iguodala, Jay Crowder. That Iguodala changes the calculus a little bit. We haven't seen right? Milwaukee face uh, Jan- We haven't seen Milwaukee face Miami with Iguodala. That changes okay. the calculus. That's a fascinating matchup to me, which I agree. But it, it, I, I haven't seen it yet, so I can't handicap it. What I have seen, I've seen Boston already beat Milwaukee this year. I've seen Toronto beat Milwaukee this year. Miami did go in and beat Milwaukee also. Uh, that was a different kind of matchup, though, because they didn't have Eric Bledsoe. So, you, you know, you've, you've got to kind of take these things. You know, I, I need to see it. And to me, Iguodala can certainly change that. I, I'd like to see it. And I think, we're, I think we are going to see... Miami face Milwaukee. I think we're going to see Boston face Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee's going to have to – they're going to have to face two out of these teams. Their first-round game is going to be easy. You know, it'll be probably, I don't know, Brooklyn or one of those teams, you know, in that that eighth spot. Uh, You know, whoever gets in there is not going to have much of a chance. Then in the second round, it's going to be the 4-5. Then in the third round in the the finals, it'll be the 2-3, either Philly or Toronto or Boston. And I think both of those series – and I think a lot of it has to do with – Let's say Milwaukee has to face Miami in the semi. Say Miami's the four seed, and right. Adebayo just bangs Giannis for right. six or seven games. Then they've got to face got Boston or right. Toronto in the finals. You know, it's a worn-down team. So I, I, I do think that there is yep. a lot of value with these other Eastern Conference teams. Boston's really the one that sticks out, Dane, because of how good Brad Stevens is as a coach. Yep. Boston went into Milwaukee last year. They won game one of the semis. And then the whole Kyrie Irving thing, he wasn't getting the ball and this and all that, and they lost four straight. But I, I, I'm fascinated to see Boston because of their defensive mindset. Tatum, Brown, Hayward, they can yeah, switch smart. everything at the top. Marcus yeah. Smart's going to really D up on Eric Bledsoe. So, I, I, I'm, it, you know, there's a couple of teams in there. I think Miami, Boston, and Toronto are the three that are really sticking out to me. Those are the three I would bet. I think Philly is not – I don't think this is Philly's year. I think those Philly, three yeah. – I think those three, Miami, Boston, Toronto, I think they're all worth a unit, and then you let things play out in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Yeah, Jared, I mean, listen, 
we need to start this conglomerate, bro. <laughs> We're on the same page. You got to hear last week when I'm talking with Joe, I have been starting to get that feeling about the Boston Celtics. Me okay, because they're also deep. They are so deep, man. They're 25 Hayward to 1 right night. now to win the title, by the you way. You know, Hayward one night, Tatum one night, Smart one night, Jalen Brown one night. You know, it can come from a lot of places. Let me push you, though, on Philly. Okay. This narrative you're talking about, right, banging Giannis, isn't that the entire reason they got Al Horford in the offseason? Yes. And, and, you know, Horford, I, I, I've been saying it for weeks like, that I think Horford will win them around. I think Horford will win them around. Yeah. And, but couldn't Horford also play the veteran role to try to maybe be a presence in this? And the last thing I'll say in support of Philly, even though I'm not, I'm not running to the window to bet the 76ers right now, I agree with you. My only thing is I would include Philly if I'm trying to just cover, in essence, the field. Sure. You know, because watch what would happen. I'll bet Miami, Toronto, and Boston, and the <laughs> damn Sixers will go to the finals. <laughs> and, like, my strategy would have been right, but I would have just not done it fully. But I digress, right? Here's the only other thing that I think is a positive for the Philadelphia 76ers. In the playoffs, Jared, you play on Wednesday, then you don't play again until Saturday. Yeah. Right? And I think for a guy like Joel Embiid, right, we've seen this with big men all the time, okay? Joel Embiid has a nagging joint injury, a knee, an ankle, he can't go, you know, they only got to play once or twice a week. I think it helps a guy like Embiid to actually be available for the entirety of their playoff run. Does anything about the schedule and how stretched out it is give you any kind of uh, encouragement for Philly? Yeah, no, I mean, you know, Philly's a good team. I, I, I don't want to take anything away from the talent there because it is about as good as you're going to find in any team, any league, anywhere. I just question the mindset, and to me, yeah. that is where you win in the playoffs, is your mindset and your mental strength, and yeah. that is, to me, where Philly lacks the most. I hear you. Physical yeah. talent, there might not be a better team in the league. I just question the mindset, and to me, when things go bad, because over the course of a seven-game series, even the Raptors last year faced a ton of adversity. They lost the first two games against the Bucks, and then they won four straight. They had some issues in that finals, and then all of a sudden the Warriors just physically fell apart down the stretch. But, you know, can Philly overcome what is a certainty, which is facing adversity in the NBA postseason? So, to me, that is where I, I struggle to get to the window with the Sixers. When, when I look at the other teams in the Eastern Conference, especially Boston and Toronto, Miami, I, I think Miami's there. I just, I, I haven't seen enough mental strength from them yet to really say that they are as strong as Boston and Toronto, which I think are the two most mentally tough teams in the league because of their coaches and because of their depth. If you want instant entertainment, Google search Brad Stevens out of timeouts. It is a thing of beauty. And Nick Nurse he draws has, it up. It's unbelievable. And Nick Nurse on those same line along those same lines has the ability to figure out formulas to make things work. Toronto's been the most injury-ravaged team in the league this year. They've got the second-best record in the NBA. Right. So without their best player, Kawhi Leonard, who's now in L.A. So right. I, the, it's a fascinating handicap with those two teams. Boston and Toronto is where I always gravitate back when I'm looking at those four teams. And I agree with you. It's the four. It's the big okay. four. It's Milwaukee, and then it's the big four. Philly, Miami, Boston, Toronto. When I look Thanks at those coming, four Indiana. teams. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Indiana's a good team. I just think they're a year right, away. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yes, I, I just think they're a year away. But exactly. when, when you look at those other four teams, 
the thing that stands out to me is how mentally tough Boston and Toronto have been amongst a lot of adversity. Kyrie last year, they still had a good season. Toronto loses their best player. Injury ravaged, still the second best record in the league. So I think those two teams is where I, I always gravitate towards back towards those two when I'm handicapping those other four teams in the East. Jared, we need to build a conglomerate and make it happen. We talk Western Conference and Major League Baseball futures as well on the other side of the break. It's the only line here on Sports. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the early line here on Sports Grid Network. I'm Dane Martinez. Jared Smith on my side in Studio 34. We're bringing it on home. Jared, you stick around for the morning after, yep. filling in for Joe Ranieri. Hey, Jared, I'm going to be at the book later on, Fantasy Freestyle, on and popping at 1 o'clock today. By the way, two-time nominee for the best radio show in the fantasy sports industry. I'm just saying. Okay, but Jared, I'm serious about this syndicate. <laughs> for our futures bet. Like, Jared, where'd you get your Kansas City Chiefs future bet from, bro? That was you, brother. Listen, that was a big this- that was a big cash too. And you know, <laughs> that's why I love working here, man. Like I, honestly, like hey, we, 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 everybody. Yeah, right? we think that we know what we're talking about, and everyone in our own right does. But when you start bringing minds together and you start, and- you know, bouncing ideas and throwing stuff around. That's when all, like, I've had, like, inception working with you guys over the last six months. Like, I think I'm going in a different direction, and I get an idea, and it just, like, it turns your brain onto something else. And that's what the viewers, I hope, get out of this as well, because most of our viewers have an idea of what they like, what they don't like. Usually people don't just turn on watching blind. Jared, you have an idea. Yeah, and we just, you know, we try to just nudge you in the right direction by giving you another way to think about things, and that works for me as well. I mean, I have my ideas and my, you know, preconceived notions about things, and then when we talk it out with people in a room who are smart, you know, you figure, you know, that's why think tanks exist. You know, you get a lot of smart people in a room, and all of a sudden, boom, you've got electricity, you've got Wi-Fi, you've got all the awesome things that we enjoy every day. Yeah, it's awesome, Jared. You know, likewise, you were the guy who told me I'm okay playing over 150 juice on prop bets in the NFL. I took that to the bank a number of times. It looks like we see the NBA Eastern Conference in a similar light. So let's see if we keep the trend going out west. Let's go west, young man. So, Jared, right now on FanDuel, you're right. The Clippers and the Lakers are both, on FanDuel at least, plus 170 to win the west. Yep. Right? They're in the same building. We know about this. Joe has been telling me over the last couple of weeks that he thinks they're not going to entirely care too much about the one or the two seed. There's no travel anyway. You know, it's in the same building. He thinks it goes through L.A. regardless. And while I think I agree We talked about Houston already. They are the third choice at plus 750. I want to get your take specifically, Jared, on Denver and Utah. Okay. Okay. These are teams that are kind of always there, but people may not take as seriously. What I'm going to say, though, Jared, is those are also two squads, Denver and Utah, that have dramatic home court advantages, Jared. 
And right now, the Clippers are not the two seed in the West. Right now, the Clippers are the three seed in the West. The Nuggets are the two seed in the West. Only seven losses at home all season. The Jazz are only half a game back of them. Right. They are 20 and five at home all season. And, you know, you face a lot of stuff going into Utah. I'll leave it at that. But do you think, Jared, that even without home court advantage against a squad like Denver or Utah in the Western Conference finals, it's still a fait accompli. We're seeing an L.A. L.A. Western Conference final. I, I want to say yes, because that's what I think the world wants is Kawhi versus right. LeBron. But that's a lot of yeah, the world. That, that's very true. You know, Denver's had some success against the Clippers this year. They've already beaten them. Now, granted, I, I think that game was in L.A. No, it was in Denver. Uh, so, yeah. So so Denver's already beaten the Clippers at home this year. I, right. I, I would I think Denver is the more fascinating team than Utah. I, I, I don't I don't trust the Jazz really as okay. much because I think they're a little more inconsistent in their backcourt. Okay. Gobert, I think, is a really tough player, but he's also one of those players that can get neutralized in a, in a series against Anthony sure. Davis and Kawhi Leonard very easily, I think. So, you know, it's going to be the backcourts for both of these teams that are going to set the tone. Denver well, has a little bit more of a dynamic backcourt with Murray and with Harris and with Barton. I think they can attack you from different areas. The Jazz are much more, if unless it's Donovan Mitchell, I don't know where it's coming from. Conley's had a really poor year. I'll In fact, down, I think they're yeah. better without Conley, to be honest with you. So I, I, I'm going to exclude the Jazz from this because I, I just don't think they're ready yet. I, I think Denver's an intriguing handicap this year. I, I, the only problem I have with Denver is their coaching and with Jokic. Jokic, to me, is... He just doesn't come up big in the big moments. We saw it in that really? game the other night against the Lakers. He had That's a three-pointer to take the, you know, to tie the game, and he drove it instead and then turned it over. So I, I think Jokic is a really good player. I just don't necessarily think he is going to be the big-time player they need him to be in the big moments. He has the talent to be that guy. He has the talent to take over a game and outplay LeBron James and Anthony Davis down the stretch. I just don't know if he has the mental fortitude to do so. And Michael Malone, to me... I don't see like a a spark or anything that separates him from some of the other coaches that they're going to face, the Vogels and the and the Rivers down the stretch that right. are going to probably out coach him. So I, I think Denver's had a really good year. I, I like their backcourt a lot. I think they're dynamic in the backcourt. I think they're a great defensive team, especially at home. I just don't know if they have that it factor to go on the road and beat the Lakers and LeBron in Staples Center in a big game seven. You know, I, I you right. know, because I don't think they're going to be the one seed. I think it's a, almost a foregone conclusion that it's going to be the Lakers as the one seed, which means Denver's going to have to go in to Staples right. Center and win at least one, probably two games in order to win a series over L.A. So I, I think it will be Lakers Clippers. I could see Denver beating the Clippers because they've had a little success. Yep. I just can't see them beating the Lakers. All right, the Denver Nuggets are right now on FanDuel 10-1 to 1 to win the Western Conference. Houston, Jared, at plus 750. They worth a look? Yeah, I, I think because right, of like what they, you can do any, in the backcourt. Exactly. Right? Houston, to me, this. is the more dangerous team of the Western Conference. Others, and by others, I mean the non-LA right, right, teams. Right. So, Houston, and, and you know, there, there's, there's the lines for tonight. But, you know, Houston, to me... A little bit more dynamic than than Denver because I think on any given night, you can't isolate Harden or Westbrook because if you isolate one, the other the one's probably going to beat you. So Houston, to me, and, and, and I think that's why they're, they're right there behind the two L.A. teams and it's not a Denver and it's not a Utah 
that you're seeing in that spot because I do think what the Rockets have done with this small lineup is they've created a little bit of parity and a little bit of separation between what they do and what the Lakers and the Clippers do well, which is, I would say, defend and bang inside. So fascinating stuff to me when you get to this point in the Western Conference. It looks like the Rockets are, you know, maybe they're not even going to host the first round of the playoffs, which would yeah. not be well, uh, which would not be a good thing for their postseason chances. Houston, Utah in the first round. Yeah, and, you know, I, 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 would give, I would give Houston the edge there. But again, the Rockets, you know, the Rockets scare me because, you know, with, when you've got two guys that can go off for 50 on any given night, it, it, it's it's a hard thing to defend. And and Utah and Denver, those are the types of teams that I think Houston will give them problems. But then when you face a Lakers team, you know, it, it kind of, it just reminds me, I have flashbacks of, you know, those, those Rockets-Warriors series over the last two years where right. they got right to the edge of the cliff and they looked yep. over and they just couldn't quite get that final push. So, to me, that's where the Rockets are. I, I, think they're, I think they're the next best team behind the Lakers and the Clippers. I think they're three. Right. Uh, I think Denver's four in terms of teams that can win, you know, on the road and, and, you know, beat the Lakers and maybe get to the finals. But I would be shocked if it's not an L.A. team uh, in the NBA finals this season. All right. Let's see if we continue to be simpatico, Jared. The Clippers and the Lakers are both plus 170 to win the West. Jared, (laughs) I would go to the window. With the Clippers, I I, think I would actually Clippers. agree with you. Surprise! All right, Jared, don't tell don't tell Kevin so Walsh. Strong. Don't tell yeah, Kevin I, Walsh. I just think when I see the amount of two-way players that the Clippers have out there, that they will have out there in the last five minutes of the game between Beverly and George and Kawhi, now Morris as well. I am I I want to be Lou Williams when I grow up. Okay, uh, I think Williams and Harrell off the bench are going to ultimately split votes for six man of the year. I just think they're so deep. I think they're so long. And I think this is a team that is not superstars. We have quiet stars in George and Leonard. They will do whatever they need. You talk about positionless basketball. You talk about defensive intensity. You talk about getting in the ass of their opponent. To me, that is the Clippers. I lean Clippers over the Lakers with LeBron and AD. I don't even know if AD is going to be healthy at any given time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I think they have enough bodies to deal with LeBron. Seems like you agree. Yeah, the Clippers need to stay healthy as well. We got to get Patrick Beverly back on the court. Yeah. I, I, I really like the move they made with Marcus Morris. I mean, I think that makes them such a more complete team. And I, I think a guy like Landry Shamit, who we're not talking about, is yes. another one of those role players that has played above I he was a potential. The Knicks would get back exactly, in the deal. Exactly. In the Morris deal. So, it, you know, the Clippers are a very fascinating team because I think they're – we haven't seen – I think we've seen the Lakers' best basketball over the last few weeks, and especially since, you know, post-Kobe when we've I, had their, their – you know, they had a couple yeah. of rough games, but since then they've really figured it out. That game before the break in Denver I think was one of their best games of the year in terms of what – you know, that was the first time I really thought we saw playoff LeBron. But I, I don't think we've seen the Clippers' best basketball yet. I, I think we're going to at some point, and if we do see it – I think they certainly have the team. I mean, they've already beaten the Lakers several times this year. So I think they certainly have the team that can beat the Lakers. They are built to beat the Lakers, no doubt about it. They just need to stay healthy, and they need to continue their consistency. I agree. I don't think they care about home court. And they're probably going to, you know, load management their way down to a three or four seed if they keep, you know, playing this style. But you're right. I don't think it matters. Now, if they play play down to a four seed, that means they play the Lakers in the semis, semis, which would make things very interesting. But I, I, I hope they get the three. 
and I hope it's Lakers-Clippers because I think that's what everyone wants to see. I mean, I think the especially the uh, the the television ratings executives, they definitely want to see Lakers-Clippers oh, in the sure. finals. They don't want to see that in the second round. I, I think we're trending towards that direction, Dane, but again, I just I, I need to I, I need them to stay healthy and I need Patrick Beverly to be on the court. I need Marcus Morris to settle into this offense yeah. and this defense. But if if I had to pick one today, not to win the title today, but to win the title in three months, I would take the Clippers. Jared, we need to find that futures uh Clippers Celtics NBA finals matchup. I, I already think bet you it. might both like that. <laughs> uh, I'm on the Grizzlies tonight on the road. Let's say you, Jared, make best play of the game as we go to the morning after. Nets plus eight and a half. They've covered five straight, and they're a better team without Kyrie Irving. They're above 500. Sounds good. Do me a favor, Jared. Tell Ariel, tell Gabe, I say what's up. Fantasy Freestyle at 1 o'clock. We'll see y'all tomorrow on the early time. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.